The Edifice of Taharka, an audiobook documentary by Shakim Ra, provided to the public by Amin Ra University. Chapter 19 of the ISIS Thesis by Judy K. King. New Kingdom Evidence for the Lambda Model. The excavation of the edifice of Taharka began in 1907 to 1908 when G. Lagrain, under the direction of G. Maspero, cleared the monument at Karnak. By 1969, J. Lafray had cleared and studied the mysterious nylometer. Finally, J. Leclant, Richard A. Parker, and Jean-Claude Goyon collaborated to produce the 1979 work detailing the architecture of the edifice, the plates of scenes and text, and the translation of the text, but he also provided much more. He provided an interpretation of the Egyptian ceremony performed in the ruined building of Taharka at Kardec. He notes that the themes date at least until the New Kingdom. Actually, the evidence is that the themes date back to the Old Kingdom Pyramid text. In his interpretation, Goyon states that the architectural features of the subterranean room suggest that the edifice is dedicated to Osir, God of the Underworld, or Duat. Goyon states that Osiris is only present episodically, whereas Amen, the God of Origins, aka Atum, is the reigning cosmic God of Thebes who is associated with the deceased king. Together, Amen and the deceased king, or Amen Oser, find new creative power and are rejuvenated through a food offering and reborn as Ra. Goyon also notes that the edifice was consecrated to primeval Amun, or Amen in his ancient aspect as the god Deser, or he whose arm is sublime. Amen was also called Amen, the primeval one of the two lands. Although the names of Egyptian gods may change, the significance remains the same. Amen Aser, reborn as Ra in the edifice text, easily translates to Atum Osiris, reborn as Heru in the Amduat and earlier texts. The deceased sun god is Atum Osiris. Again, the sublime arm is that of the Lambda Genome, activating the Lyctic lifestyle. Another interesting point that Goyon makes is that the number of all elements in Amen is 30, which is also the number of the two divine colleges of Karnak. We can easily recognize the 30 elements of Amun or Amen as the 30 BP genetic location of lambda prophage on the host chromosome. Further, Goyon states that at the northwest corner of the sacred lake is a monumental scarab, the representation of the sun coming out of the earth. As mentioned earlier, this Northwest emergence of the sun from the earth 
matches the horn of the sky from hour 12 of the Am Duat, or the polar cusp where wit observed holes at the cell poles in support of a transmembrane tunnel for released phage progeny. In the macrocosm, this polar cusp exit site would allow the sun god access to open field lines to interplanetary space. Taharka, who lived from 690 to 664 BCE, was a 25th dynasty Nubian Ethiopian pharaoh whose edifice existed between the sacred lake of Karnak and the south enclosure wall of the great temple. The structure housed a series of subterranean rooms for a ceremony similar to the journey described in the Amduat and Book of Gates. As this analysis shows, hieroglyphic translations and wall drawings depict Egyptian ideas dating back to the pyramid text showing that the funerary corpus as a whole is unified in its presentation of Egyptian scientific thought. Of special interest is what has been referred to as the Nilometer, a long, narrow structure connecting to a court leading to the east entrance of the edifice. The Egyptians measured the Nile River flood with a Nilometer, which was a calibrated stairway that descended into the river. Pharaohs used the nilometers to forecast flood levels. Yet Leclerc notes that the axis of the nilometer is a scoop, and he rejects that the name nilometer should be used for the construction. Certainly, its location and design does not suggest a nilometer or calibrated stairway to measure flood levels. With its skewed placement connected to the two-walled court in the edifice and its architecture, indicating a long, tail-like passageway to a four-walled head structure, it reminds one of the head and tail morphology of phage lambda attached to a bacterium's double membrane. Thus, both the structure of the Egyptian pyramid with its tail-like causeway leading to a valley temple and the misnamed nilometer point to phage morphology. In the edifice of Taharka, we want to map the ritual. So let's do an 18.1 as a sketch of Goyon's diagram of the ceremonies in the subterranean rooms of the edifice so we can easily map the ritual. Below, is an overview of the events in each room. Amen descends on a staircase along with the Osirian forms of Ra. Then he is welcomed into room B to the west by a great hymn. He joins room C with the Heliopolitan Eonide. In room D, he enters the Duat. In room E, Amen calls the rites at the mound of Jemeh. In room F, Amen unites with the ten Baas and Ra. He then returns to room E, where rites or re-entrance is celebrated. Baboons and deities hail the rising Amen Ra, and God then ascends the staircase with the solar forms of Ra. 
and once seen on the exterior north wall, Taharka wears the white crown and a long ceremonial tail, a blatant sign of phage morphology. Further, a second scene on the exterior north wall shows Taharka preceded by the main remains of two standing promoter R and promoter L of the phage lambda. Oth is on Taharka's left and Heru is on his right with text indicating he is king of Upper and Lower Egypt. In a third scene, Amen, wearing the ceremonial tail, approaches Taharka. The scenes on the west wall of the edifice show Taharka walking north, which is also the direction advised in the pyramid and the coffin text. A shortened version of the litany of the sun decorates the west staircase wall, leading to the antechamber west wall, where the litany continues. The placement of the staircase and antechamber mirror the western portion of the Earth's magnetosphere at the northern polar cusp, where the deceased enters the duat at the staircase cusp, the Lamb B. Porin. The boss soul of the king is welcomed to the 75 caverns and the duat is opened. This leads to the chapel of Heliopolis, room C, with an entrance to the chapel of Ra in the Duat, room D, where Taharka is depicted with the headdress with two uray, one wearing the white crown and the other the red crown, signifying the function of the whole eye of Heru. Taharka is dressed in a kilt with a triangular front and sports the ceremonial tail in the presence of eight worshiping baboons. Both the triangular front and tail suggest phage morphology. A second representation of Taharka shows his right hand over an offering table of meat, fowl, and bread loaves. At the foot of the table is an oblong vase with blooming lotus, the symbol for the new Horus lineage created from the heart of the Lambda Genome. The text states that Taharka worships Ra and opens his spear and settles in the sky as Kepra. Knowledge is stressed, for the text states that Taharka has knowledge of secret images, places, words, and the rebirths and transformations that take place in the flood. He is also aware of the mysterious door leading out of the Duat or what may point to a transmembrane tunnel or care ring singularity. So the images and damage translations support that Taharka entering room D is representative of the king's entry into the Duat to be transformed. Recall that the flood results when the prophage is induced. Rolling circle replication begins and phage progeny are produced. What little is left of the sunbark decorates the west wall of room D, but the use of parallel scenes enabled Goyon to identify the bark as a representation of the one described in the Book of the Night in the New Kingdom Royal Tombs. The bark is told by as in the Book of Gates, suggesting integrates activity. 
In the hymn to the setting sun, the remains of the text state that the jackals give assistance to overthrow a possible indicator of integrase cleavage activity related to the 7BP branch migration necessary for the excision of the prophage. The encapsulated sun god wears the double crown, holds a scepter, and an ankh cross, and accompanies a crew of eight on the ways of the west. The text states that the western gods support Ra when he sets in the mountain of life, suggesting the western magnetospheric energy landscapes of the mountainous Duat. Plate 20, depicting the north wall of Room D, also shows the bark with the sun god and crew of eight. The sun god and five deities on board have ceremonial tales, as does the baboon in the bow, representative of Thoth. The rounded body of the baboon with his long tail seems a suitable choice for depicting Thoth, the sign for polymerase transcription, for reminds one of modern drawings depicting a rounded transcribing polymerase with a tail-like DNA strand. Above the sunbark is the hymn to the setting sun, indicating the healing of the eye, the conquest of Apep, and Ra reaching thy yesterday state, or the return to the origin of time of primeval Amen. The text continues, for these sit down, those who stand upon their tails, for these stand up, those who are sitting, those who are in jubilation welcome thee. Again, we have another reference to phage tail morphology. The text of the east wall of room D described the announcement of Ra's new birth at the sixth hour of the night and the rebirth in the morning. Similarly, hour six of the Amduat heralds the excision of the prophage, as does gate six of the book of gates called Seat of Her Lord, a reference to Aset or Isis or the Lac Z gene next to which the prophage is lodged on the host chromosome. A scene carved on the door lintel leading to room E is damaged, but using a parallel scene from the funerary temple of Ramesses III, Goyon describes a newborn infant lifted by Hay and Hehet to be transformed into a winged scarab beetle above. Room E is the chapel of the rites of Jemeh, and the divine re-entrance. The left side of the lintel in the upper register shows the king wearing a kilt and a ceremonial tail with the wife of God holding a palm and a priest carrying a standard with a falcon on the perch. However, the dominating scene is a mound with a wide band arching above two outstretched arms with hands open to the sky, suggesting the two arms of the Lambda Genome. A falcon is centered between the two arms on what appears to be a lotus with the plume of Ma'at, or rightful order on the right, an indicator of Aset and the right order of Crow, binding first to the right operator sequences, activating the Lyctic lifestyle. The text on the west wall state the words to be recited. Mayest thou fall at the place of thy head, and vice versa. Heru protects the eye for him. The Tesset standard is saved, 
upon which one settles. One can easily compare the Lotus to the Kalibi Yahoo space of six pearl dimensions. So we are at the heart of matter, or the mansion of the six, the Lambda Genome, on the host chromosome from which Horus species is born. The saving of the standard signifies crow protein control of the right lambda operator sequences promoter right. The reference to the place of thy head points to the genome and phage morphology. The text continues referring to Amin-Ra as Lord of the Thrones of the Two Lands, once again suggesting the combined activity of both lambda arms. The text then states that the Betu serpent is driven away, an echo of the Apep theme from the pyramid text. On the left side of the lintel and below the left, references are made to the Lord of the Sublime Arm, the Arm of Geb, and the Arm of Heru. From this, it is obvious that the Arm of Geb, left, and the Arm of Heru, right, comprise the whole sublime arm. Again, this old kingdom theme is evident in the least corrupted pyramid text. The rites of divine re-entrance also occur in room E. The re-entrance ceremony simulates the arrival of Amun-Ra, Lord of the Thrones of the Two Lands. A priest welcomes a procession led by a prophet carrying a shrine chest with a curved roof containing the sacred uraeus.